on track. The only thing that matters is a win. That's it. However, whatever, whatever it takes. Let's go, man. Let's win on three. One, two, three. Win. Live. 319. In the entertainment capital of the world. Vikings blitz. Manning got it off the rare deep throw. And maybe that's why they don't do it. Intercepted by Xavier Rhodes. It's the T.C. Martin Show. They're not used to this damn heat. They're over there trying to set up damn pits over there on the sidelines. Hey, it's a It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Okay, well, I ain't going to worry about you no more. 300 yards, four touchdowns. It's so sweet when you walk off the field knowing you gave everything you got. Team win tonight. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? 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 Glad to have you with us. Hour number two here on this football Friday, college football Friday. TC Martin. Here inside the sportsbook, powered by William Hill, our Friday home, the Cosmopolitan. The last day of the year, we're bringing in 2022, a packed house here inside the sportsbook, inside the Cosmopolitan. Your place for a great weekend, of course. Maroon 5 performed last night at the Chelsea. They're back at it again tonight. Uh, the restaurants, you can make some reservations, get in here over the course of the weekend. And, of course, the ice rink up on the fourth floor, uh, they've been going on ever since uh, the end of November. And uh, the ice rink, a fantastic uh, place to go and hang out, have some hot chocolate, even if you're not an ice skater like me. Uh, but just go hang out. Uh, that is open till Sunday night. Uh, I believe they'll be closing it down around 11 p.m. So if you haven't experienced the ice rink here at the Cosmopolitan, it's fantastic. It's a great winterland holiday tradition. It's all fantastic here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas. T.C. Martin, Double B, Brian Benowitz uh, in the house. He will be joining us here uh, this hour, making his way back from a Golden Knights victory over at T-Mobile Arena. He was there for that as they defeat uh, Anaheim 3-1. to We keep an eye on the college football playoff. Alabama leading Cincinnati 17-6. Alabama led at halftime 17-3, really dominating both sides of the ball, dominating statistically as well, too. Uh, Cincinnati uh, comes out here and gets a second-half kickoff. They could only muster a field goal. Uh, Then uh, Alabama couldn't move the ball. Cincinnati punts. Alabama has it uh, again right now. So we're about midway through uh, the third quarter, and Alabama leading 76 A big 13-point favorite. Cincinnati comes up with the interception. The crowd going crazy here, so they're hanging around a little bit. All right, enjoying this uh, for this hour, our good friend, the former wide receiver and also a longtime broadcaster, Mike Pritchard, does a fantastic job uh, over at VEASAN as well as uh, Raider Nation Radio. And uh, the former uh, Bronco receiver, the Falcon receiver, and the Las Vegas native himself. Appreciate you always, my man. Anytime you can come on by, it's great hanging out with you. Hey, it's great to be with you. You forgot Seahawks, too. Uh, Seahawks, too. <laughs> exactly. You yeah, and my boy no. Amon Green hung out together. That's right. That's yeah. right. Had a decade in the league. And, uh, no, it's great to be with you today, man. You got it, man. Yeah. All right. So uh, what are you thinking about here, man? You got to, we, got, we got college football playoff. Oh. It's, it, is it unusual for you? That we're we're seeing a this the number one seed against the number four seed on a 12:30 afternoon game on Friday here it just doesn't seem right right and then we got the the second game coming up here around 4:30 or so uh, tonight uh, you know on New Year's Eve but on a Friday it seems like a lot of people might be missing this game I think it's perfect I mean I yeah. get you I hear what yeah. you're saying it's a Friday everybody's getting ready for the holiday but well, I, I that's think that's because I gotta work man yeah, I, I know, wanna right? be I wanna be home in front of my TV sure sure but I know I think it's perfect because you do have the holiday and you do have people a wide audience for it i want to see it expand though yes i want to see more playoff football in college football yes. so uh yeah i mean we, we get the double header tonight or today and tonight which is awesome but i cannot wait until it expands and we get about eight teams in there or perhaps more a little bit more and more games yeah i think eight is the is the is the right number it's you know, we get into this situation here where we've seen the number four team mm-hmm. just really not be competitive since they've expanded the four team. And a lot of people wanted Cincinnati in because they had the undefeated record. They kind of say, hey, we like the underdog. But for the most part, 
we're seeing, I don't know about you, but what I've talked a lot about in the last couple of weeks, this is kind of what we expected, you know, Cincinnati not being able really to match up with Alabama. I mean, they're hanging, but I think, like you said off air before we came on, it's like, hey, Al- Alabama's just doing their thing, and Cincinnati's not being able to move the wall. Yeah, I mean, it's like Cincinnati's trying to do too much, though. Like, they're trying to find a winning formula as opposed to just perfecting what they do. You like, go. you're either going to line up and be good or not, right? And right. I played in back-to-back national championship game situations, and you're not going to alter. You shouldn't alter to who you are. And uh, I think Alabama or teams like that can make you alter, can make you change, you know, and, and do things uh, out of your comfort zone. Like Ritter getting knocked down at the line of scrimmage repeatedly. Yeah. Why are they keeping him in there? I mean, he's a mobile guy, and it's like you just, you're just playing into the hands of Alabama. Clearly, they have a plan for that. Right? Clearly, Alabama has studied tape, and they're not even going to rush this guy, and they know when to jump right. at the line of scrimmage. Right. But, but your coaches, I mean, it's, it's fascinating how I get this question all the time. Like, coaches, you know, is there good coaches or bad coaches? And I'm like, yeah, there, there, there are good coaches and bad coaches, but mainly coaches need to identify the skill sets of the players and everything that they're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and, and if that's the case... Uh, then you're able to adjust. You're not, you're not supposed to be stubborn with your game plan and think that you calling the players from the sideline is going to make the difference. Right. The players are. Right. Uh, and, and so when coaches uh, stay true to that, uh, then I, I think that's when they get in tr- themselves in yeah. trouble. And we've seen Cincinnati be very predictable on first down as well, too. They want right. to try to run between the tackles. Right. And, and is that because they're trying to maybe shorten the game a little bit because they know they're outmanned? But it's like you said, you have to do what got you here. Mm-hmm. And we understand they're playing in the American, and they had some close calls. I mean, they didn't look great against teams like right. Tulsa and Navy and Tulane, and they they look very good against a Houston team that we saw is pretty good, but they had home field advantage for that. But for the most part, this the Cincinnati team just, I mean, they haven't just obliterated people in their conference. Like, uh, I'll use Utah as an example. Mm-hmm. I mean, Utah closed the season just by by hammering everybody because they knew what their identity was. And you're right. I'm looking at Cincinnati. What is their identity? Well, you know, you know watching them all year, uh, Ritter, he's not a guy that uh, was a prolific thrower of the football anyway. I mean, uh, uh, I, mean I know he had his moments for sure, but they're a ball-controlled offense. I, I think what they were doing in this game, trying to establish the qu- quicker throws and uh, the, the quicker drops, getting the ball out, uh, making Alabama not be able to time uh, the throws at the line of scrimmage. But when he's in a pocket and he's taking a full drop, okay, Alabama's got a, got a game plan for that. Uh, and it's, I'm, I'm just trying to wonder why are they not using the mobility of this guy, uh, having him either move the pocket or, or deeper drops, uh, more max protects things, invite the blitz from Alabama. Because I know that you know Alabama wants to do that. <laughs> then you got one-on-one matchups out there too. So uh, I, I don't know. Sometimes these coaches, they just get locked into what they worked on all week, and they think, oh, we're going to break through. Our game plan is going to work at some point when, when a lot of times it doesn't. Right. How do you see uh, tonight's game? We've got Georgia yeah. and Michigan. And, again, we a lot of people, they, when they saw Georgia lose to Alabama, I think there are some people out there that, that lost a little bit of faith because they get so wrapped up in the last game they saw. But if you look at the overall body of work, which I like to yeah. do, uh, this Georgia defense uh, is, is very staunch uh, against a Michigan team that has some problems throwing the ball. And uh, for me, I think that this, this game tonight could end up like this game that we're seeing here. I don't know how much faith that I have in Jim Harbaugh in trying to open things up and be creative, especially with a quarterback like like Cade McNamara. Yeah, you know, Harbaugh isn't calling the plays either. I mean, he's involved in offense, but they they hired a new staff, and and a lot of success came with that. Uh, I I think Michigan will still do what they want to do. They got got a great offensive line, and I think they believe in what their offensive line can do, even against that Georgia front. I'm sure they're going to look – to see what Bama did and, and try to get to that thing, those kind of plays, but they can't right. because Bama is different than what Michigan. Uh, McNamara is different uh, in terms of a quarterback than Bryce Young. So uh, Michigan's going to have to run the football. They're going to have to, and we could get a low scoring to start. It could be one of those slow start games, but as it evolves, though, uh, and you wonder about Stetson Bennett, can he hold up against Aiden Hutchinson in that pass rush, though? Right. I mean, Michigan can bring it. And I know Daxon Hill is banged up. He's questionable in the secondary for Michigan. So uh, we'll, we'll see, though. I, I think 
I think it's this game exploded on us, right? Alabama and Cincinnati. Alabama just went right down the field. Okay, Cincinnati was moving the ball a little bit too, but then lo and behold, you know, the, the game takes over itself. Exactly. Alabama. Right. So if 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 Michigan can can establish the running game, that allows them to stay in the game longer, though. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'll be looking to see if that can happen early. Yeah, yeah, and I agree with you. For me, I think that's where I don't think they can. But yeah. going back to the other side of the ball, Stetson Bennett, I don't know if he's going to be able to pick apart that, that Michigan secondary or not, or if Kirby Smart is going to allow him to do that. Do you think that we see JT Daniels I in this game? I think that's a high possibility, yeah, yeah to be right? honest with you. I, I yeah. think uh, all hands on deck in this game, and JT Daniels transferred there for a reason. Uh, Betson, Bet, uh, Stetson Bennett, he's been um, a steady presence at quarterback for him. Uh, but they need to run a game for sure. Uh, you know, and all year long, I think from a skill position standpoint, Georgia's been banged up too. Uh, but they got it done. They were, they were, they right. went untested. Right. Uh, until Alabama, obviously, yep. in the SEC championship game. So uh, Michigan's going to be physical, though. I, I think Harbaugh's going to have that bunch revved, revved up, ready to go, though. Why do you think the reluctancy – that Kirby Smart has with not going to JT Daniels. Riding the hot hand, you know, Kirby's gone through it for a lot of years. The reason why I thought, and I was high on Georgia since the beginning of the season, was that they finally had one guy at quarterback. If you think about the years at quarterback for Georgia, it was Fromm, it was Eason, it was Fields. He transferred out of there. You know, they had this notion of all these blue-chip quarterbacks, and they couldn't really settle on a direction. And they've been recruiting. They've been lockstep, I think, in Alabama in terms of recruiting classes. So the talent's been there. It's just getting through all the talent, weeding through it, and, okay, who's our guy? And then sticking with that guy. Benson became, uh, Benson became the – Stetson Bennett. Bennett. I keep doing that. <laughs> Stetson Bennett. Uh, he became the quarterback because Daniels got hurt. Correct. So yeah. uh, Daniels is a better player, better athlete. Probably the better quarterback, but they've been riding a hot hand, though, with Stetson. All right. You got a pick in this game? Are you going to save that coming up? Are you going to save that for a best bet? Um, No, I I got it. I I think a lot of public's on Michigan. Yeah. A lot of public's on Michigan. Yes. Um, But the line's not moving because of all the small money is on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could see, um, you know, from a teaser standpoint, uh, Michigan, maybe from that standpoint, Mm -hmm. if you want to do something with the total. But I agree with you. I, I think the athletes of Georgia are finally. I've been on Georgia since day one. At Georgia, right. in terms of winning the game. Right. Now, as far as the spread, Michigan could could get inside that number right. a little bit. But uh, as far as winning, though, I, I think Georgia's going to move on. Yeah. Could be uh, looking at the Georgia-Alabama rematch, Right, huh? right, right. Yeah. Which... In all fairness, I mean they are the two best teams. Well, they're they're with, you know they're in opposite games for a reason, right? That's true. <laughs> I mean, Absolutely, they, they could have been playing today, right? <laughs> so let me let me ask this to you, especially as a former player here. It just if we go back in in recent history, it just seems like Alabama has Georgia's number. How real of a thing is that? Just when it comes to coaching, when it comes to personnel, or just matchups or styles, and obviously these two teams know each other very very well. Yeah, it just seems like you know. Georgia's rolling along. They they go into Alabama, and it's like, boom, oh, there's our nemesis again, and we've seen it the last few years. Well, you know what's interesting, TC, is, you know, I think both teams, they have the same athletes, right? They have the same players, the same caliber of players. What's going to be the difference? It really is decisions and situational. Uh, Nick Saban has been brilliant with situational football. That's what sets them apart. Uh, you look at the great coaches in the National Football League over history, all the great ones have been great with situational, uh, with situations. And uh, and so it's, it's no different. I mean, football is football. It, it doesn't change. You, you can hit a check down route on third and long, and it can convert for a first down because you can predict that uh, from a coaching standpoint or even from an uh, understanding of the players that you have on the field standpoint as opposed to trying to force the ball down the field in the soft coverage. I mean, uh, there's, no, there's no room for that. But I, I think situational football – that's where coaches separate themselves. All right. Great stuff. Mike Pritchard joins us talking a little college football playoff. Alabama-Cincinnati as we speak here in progress. Uh, Alabama up 17-6. to six. And then tonight we've got Georgia and Michigan. That will kick off approximately 4.40 p.m. Uh, what do you got your eye on tomorrow? we got five bowl games tomorrow. You, you like one more than the other? Um, you're gonna have I got my eye on Utah. I think Utah there brings the wood, man. I, I think Utah. Now, I know they're a favorite dog from a dog standpoint. A lot of people like the, the yeah. story. 
Uh, and really, the, the emotion that they, that program's had all year long it has been incredible. I, I watched them at the Pac-12 championship, and yeah. uh, I know the fans are going to be revved up. They're going to be there in force. Uh, and you, you're talking about the Rose Bowl. You're talking about Utah. You're talking about Whittingham. That guy, I've known him for decades, right? And um, he is he, he knows how to touch each player on that roster. Like, they, they experimented with the Brewer transfer from Baylor. And, right. But it didn't work, right? Yeah, and it's Charlie okay. Brewer, yeah. Right? Oh, listen, yeah. okay, go ahead, quit if you want. He, he, he didn't fit into those. He, what he, he was didn't. Doing. Yeah. But the quarterback that's in there now, who was there originally, they all embraced him. Yeah. And he's been making plays for him. So, uh, Ohio State, you look at the athletes, the top recruiting classes that routinely, right? Um, and Stroud's incredible. But there's something about this Utah team this year in terms of catching points that way. I, I, I would side with that. Yeah. You know, it's funny that I look at Utah, and I'm going to make kind of an unusual comparison here, but kind of hear me out here. I, I said this a lot about Utah State this year. Okay. Utah State, they went undefeated on the road this year. Obviously, it's Mountain West Conference. But they had this chip on their shoulder because they were this underdog team. And they just kept answering the bell. Remember when they upset San Diego yeah. State? And then they went to the bowl, their bowl game. And then mm-hmm. uh, they, they won in that situation as well, too. I view Utah as the exact same situation. A lot of people discounted Utah, you know, early on in the season. Yeah. And then all Utah did was just blast everybody they put in front of them. And they had this chip on the shoulder. And a lot of that is, like you said, it's it's coaching. And I don't know what's in, in the water in the state of Utah, but, you know, again, they're different levels. They're different conferences of programs. But they both play with this this will to win, this chip on their shoulder, and it's like no nonsense. Yeah, well, first of all, I think people sleep on the fact that Utah has great high school football, though. There you go. Uh, they have great uh, programs out there. And they they keep their kids in, in state, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a lot of pride behind that. You know, it's like that sleeping giant thing, and uh, or Salt Lake City. Uh, you go all the way down to Provo, and then you go up to Logan uh, in the mountains. I mean, those kids are passionate about football, and uh, when you have the right coaches that can tap into that, I mean, it gets it becomes special, right? Right. And Whittingham knows how to do that. Certainly in Salt Lake, in the area that they recruit, uh, getting kids from California too. But there's a lot of pride with that program, and I think the emotional impact. Uh, of a couple of their athletes uh, has carried over on the field, and, and they yeah. play with that passion each and every day. Yeah, it's a great story, yeah. and he's one of the most successful uh, you know, coaches in bowl games yeah. as well, too. He has a tremendous record. Double B, Brian Benowitz in the house. He joins us here, fresh off of the, the Golden Knights. We're sitting there talking about Utah, and you and I saw them firsthand, uh, what they did to Oregon, not once, uh, but, but twice, and uh, it should be a very entertaining Rose Bowl tomorrow. I can't wait for the Rose Bowl. I think other than the college football playoff games, it's by far the most uh, 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 entertaining game or exciting game to root for. Uh, I think you got a, a, a dynamic team uh, in Ohio State. I don't know who's exactly going to play for them, but you got a really uh, a great story in Utah. Uh, first time in the Rose Bowl and uh, a workmanlike team that was kind of dead in the water early on and, and rallied behind some uh, difficult offseason uh, issues that they had with the kids passing away. And they just they just smack people in the face. I mean, you really got to like the way they play. And, and Whittingham has them playing at an elite level. So I'm, I'm excited for them tomorrow. You know, we saw them, and Pritch, you alluded to this too, yeah. at, at the Pac-12 championship game. We were all there, and we saw how well Utah traveled. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine, you know, <laughs> how excited they're going to, how well they're going to travel tomorrow to Pasadena. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward. T.C. Martin's going to be there. I'm going to be there. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a yeah. great venue. I, I, I need a Ute yeah. shirt. I never, I never, I, I, I had a Ute shirt when Rick Majerus was there way back in the day, but I, I think that's uh, long gone now. It's out of my closet. Fresh, Chris the Mailman's going to be there too. He's Chris, all excited. Chris the Mailman. He's driving out first thing in the morning. Nice. Yes. There it is. There yeah. it is. That's ready to go. That's that, that venue <laughs> is is incredible. I had uh, opportunity to call some games in, yeah. in the Rose Bowl, and uh, but Whittingham, he's a linebacker, right? Yeah. Uh, and that toughness, uh, they relate to it, and, and he also knows how to tap into it for each and every player. And he's, yeah. he's been there for a long time, uh, and he's the right guy for the first appearance for Utah in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be great. Uh, there'll be a lot of red in that stadium oh, yeah. tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. What's the Pac-12 record right now? Not good. No. <laughs> Not so good. Right? Not good. But I think I think Utah's the exception. I think they're really going to yeah. step up and play. Yeah. Well, the SEC wasn't good until this game, and uh, we talked about it yesterday. Like, I think it'll be good when Alabama and Georgia play. So they'll start getting the wins. But, you know, a lot of these other teams, you know, uh, you know not, 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 didn't play so well in these matchups. 
All right, Pritch, let's talk a little bit about the Raiders and uh, the Colts coming up on Sunday. Boy, this thing is continuing to be fluid with the COVID situation uh, right now. Carson Wentz, does he play? Does he not? I don't know. The, deadline, the deadline is Saturday, right? <laughs> he's got a chance to test out of it. So he's unvaxxed. We know that. Yeah. Uh, if he has symptoms, you know, he, he's testing out of it. The thing about the National Football League, and I want people to realize this, is the NFL moved to goalposts. And they moved the goalposts at the most important part of the season, which is into the playoffs. And they moved the goalposts because they want their star athletes to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and are guys playing with COVID? Yeah. <laughs> are, are guys going in there with symptoms and say, hey, I, I need to test? Some of them are. Will they continue to go in there and say, I need a test? Probably not. <laughs> are a couple but, guys going in with uh, fake Vax cards? Sure, sure. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, uh, with Carson Wentz, we know that he's unvaxxed, but there's a path for him uh, to get back on the field, right? And uh, you got the deadline coming up on Saturday. The only thing that, that worries me about the Colts, though, is, is you know, without practicing, um, you lose some aspect to to the game and preparation for the game, uh, but they're not going to do anything that he's unfamiliar with for sure. You know, it's just a matter. Okay, it's the conditioning level, uh, and then making those adjustments on the sidelines uh, if need be. Mm-hmm. Line is seven right now uh, with Colts again, and the Raiders have plenty of COVID issues on on their end as well too. I mean, uh, there are 14 guys were in the protocol as of yesterday, so. Yeah, the, the COVID issues are going to be for everybody. So, I mean, I, I don't think anybody's unique in having to deal with that. Uh, the, the, the fact is, though, the Colts have their, their premium position and the, at the quarterback uh, that may or may not play. And that, that's a big difference when you're coming to lay seven points or take seven points. Mm-hmm. So, to me, the Raiders, if he doesn't play, plus seven look pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. You trust Carr in this uh, situation? I do. Yeah. I do. I, guess, I, I, I mean, the Colts got a, got a really tough they Tough do. Defense, they turn you over. The secondary they, too. they turn you over. But we saw the Raiders unveil a rushing game finally, <laughs> at least be consistent with it. I, you know, that's going to be tough to do that against uh, the Colts. Uh, but when you think about Derek Carr, he will push the ball down the field. And, you know, you get the soft zone coverages, too, uh, from the Colts. Uh, I'd be curious about the matchups. Can, can the Raiders create those looks, though? Like, against man-to-man and stuff like that, Derek Carr will carve them up. I think Derek Carr is that type of quarterback. But if they do play those soft zones and make the Raiders kind of execute, can Derek Carr hold up in the pocket uh, against that pass rush? And then also, can guys get open? I mean, Hunter Renfro is having a fantastic year. Outside of him with no Waller, you know, that's kind of difficult to see guys consistently get open uh, necessary, you know, to the, to the level necessary uh, for the Raiders to be consistent out there that way. We saw the Raiders with the commitment to the run last week against the Broncos. 27 attempts by Josh Jacobs over 129 yards. Yep. Uh, like you said, we have not seen that. Was that just a one-game scenario against a Bronco team? But, you know, the Broncos coming into that game were one of the best teams against the run. Where, where, where is this where you think that uh, Greg Olson, their offensive coordinator, Rich Passaccia, want to see them go moving forward, or is that just a, a, a one-off? I think, I think that was an outlier because the Broncos, <laughs> they left their helmets and shoulder pads in Denver. Yeah. I, I mean, that, that was inexcusable. I, I, I I could not believe that that team was that soft right. in that game in and, that moment. And they, and they weren't before that no, game. They, well, I think Look what they did to the Cowboys and some of these right. other opponents. They, they stuffed it. Well, then you think about what, what BB was talking about. I mean, with COVID, a lot of those guys tested positive after the game, too. Yeah. So that's what that was my whole point about as a better or you're looking at these games, you know, some of these guys aren't right. Some of these guys aren't 100%, and yet they're going out there and playing. But um, – yeah, I think the Raiders took advantage of the fact that the Broncos came in here soft. Uh, and, and But but that's not going to be the case out there with Indy. I mean, it's going to be a completely different football game. Yeah, that game last week without the turnovers, it, it would have been a blowout. And it, it was a close game because the Raiders allowed it to be a close yeah. game. Um, I, I've been watching the Raiders a lot this year, and I, I find that they're, they're not using, to me, they're not using Zay Jones well enough. He seems to be open, and, and it, during his uh, car's, you know, progression he never gets to him is, is it something where they're, they're they're locking in on first it was waller it was yeah. always waller yeah and then quickly to renfro and not looking into everybody else or, or what what is the deal because he does look 
open from my vantage point a lot, and he just doesn't get the ball. Yeah, you, you know, I don't know if the Raiders make a concerted effort to, like, get the ball to a particular player like you would think they would, mm -hmm. especially at this point of the season when it's a matchup league. Early on they did, though. Like, Waller, you know, they made a concerted effort to get him the ball or, or Drake when he was out there and, uh, you know, other guys, Ruggs, I mean, all these guys. But it seems like they have been confined to just operating within a system. Uh, and they really do this a lot, and it's frustrating because they get to the line of scrimmage and they try to get to the perfect play. Basically, they're reacting to what the defense is doing. And that, a lot of times that kind of handcuffs you. But when they're aggressive, when the Raiders go out there, they break the huddle, or if even at the line of scrimmage, they just go out there and run a play, and they're aggressive that way, they're highly successful against the Cowboys, for instance. Mm -hmm. and so I, I would love to see the Raiders play like that, but uh, I, I think it is the coaching on, on that side of things in terms of governing everything that the Raiders do offensively. Gotcha. All right. Great stuff. All right, Mike Pritchard, the wide receiver in the house here to join us. Las Vegas' very own. Ten years in the league and uh, does a great job on the broadcasting side as well. When we come back, we'll start looking at the NFL. We will also give you a Golden Knights update. Double B's fresh back from, from T-Mobile Arena and our best bet segment coming up. We'll give you our three best bowl games uh, for tomorrow as well as the three best NFL games coming up on Sunday and Monday. It is the T.C. Martin Show live from the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas on this championship football and the final Friday of 2021. Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Going to work here on a Friday, the last Friday of the year. Happy New Year's to each and everyone. And a great crowd here at the Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, of course, as usual, our Friday home. And uh, we were here yesterday as well for the Las Vegas Bowl. Saw an entertaining game last night between the Badgers and uh, the Sun Devils. And the, the Badgers put together a nine-minute drive to close the game. A <laughs> nine-minute drive. They started on their own three. Yeah. Ended up on their own, like, or on uh, ASU's one and a half. And uh, there were a lot of... Uh, a lot of testy people as that uh, point spread with seven <laughs> seven and a half eight including my my tag team partner double b listen <laughs> i sat here i sat here we we're pitches right now and they said the game's up to seven and a half and i kind of peaked i went ah I kind of like seven and a half. And, and with what Arizona a, State. With Arizona State. Yeah. What a lucky cover. Oh. Arizona State played some really well in the second half. Yeah. And, and really there was only one big play in that last uh, drive. But uh, they just, they Wisconsin uh, showed their identity, drove down the field, and then they did the smart thing. The smart thing is to take a knee. And those people who backed ASU really liked that. Yeah, they did. <laughs> and the under. And the under. And the, under. <laughs> and, and the people across the way with Wisconsin, they yeah. were like screaming like, kick the field goal. Yeah. 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 No, not Happening. Not going to happen. That's, that's how you lose a game. Yeah, right. <laughs> Good time for the Las Vegas Bowl. And, uh, yes. Rich, you've been around here. We talked about this before. Yeah. You know, 30 years Las Vegas Bowl. Sam Boyd Stadium had some pretty good matchups, but now, uh, you know, what Johnson Senti and the guys have, have done, it's it's fantastic. Moving it closer to New Year's Day, the affiliation of the Pac-12 versus the Big Ten one year or the SEC in that alternating routine, and, and it was great to see, uh, you know, the fan base of Wisconsin come last night, and Arizona State showed out pretty well with the fans uh, uh, as well too. So it's a uh, new era of the Las Vegas Bowl. And as always, you hear great things about Legion Stadium. I mean, yeah. that's the takeaway. Really, yeah. all the fans they enjoy it. Uh, they enjoy even to walk across and uh, they enjoy once they're getting get, they get into the stadium the whole experience of it so uh, the Las Vegas Bowl is just going to get bigger and bigger uh, like you said Sam Boyd it was a good venue for that time right now when you are inviting the Big Ten the SEC and the Pac-12 you need something like a legion and yeah. uh, I can imagine how how big this game's going to be yeah great stuff all right. The Vegas Bowl's ready for prime time. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What it comes down to. They got 33,000 there in, in this environment right now. That is really impressive. Mm -hmm. I thought the crowd was great. I thought the, the atmosphere was great. Hats off to John and the whole team from the Las Vegas Bowl. Really a great experience. Yep, great. And like I said, only going to get bigger and better. Right. Yes. No question about it. All right, uh, the Golden Knights victorious today, uh, a 3-1 matinee uh, winner. It was a dominant performance yeah. by the Vegas Golden Knights. No Pacioretty, no Stone, no Leonard. Right. And it was dominant. I think that at one point it was 42 to 10, the shots on goal. <laughs> it was, I mean, the, and, and, and Anaheim got a little feisty. There were some fisticuffs there. It was really an entertaining game to be at. 
11 seconds away from a shutout. I saw that, yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, uh, Laurent Brassois was great when, when called upon. Gibson was fantastic in the net. Otherwise, that game was 8 or 9 to nothing. Uh, really a nice performance by the Vegas Golden Knights. Proud of the team. And uh, look forward to the biggest game of the year coming up here on Sunday against your Winnipeg Jets. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. Mr. Winnipeg over there. I know. Are you going to be Don? You're going to have some Winnipeg uh, jet socks on underneath your Golden you know, Knights. Uh, today, shirt today, or what are you doing? today, I didn't go jersey because Patch was out, so I went with this t-shirt with, okay. the, with the sweatshirt. It's a good look. And uh, I'm going to go back to my jersey with the Winnipeg t-shirt underneath because uh, yeah. you know I got to have that. Jerry the dentist is here running around somewhere. He brought Dave. Uh, there'll be a lot of good Winnipeg fans here ready to go. Right. But see, you would never venture off and go with because I know you got an old school Winnipeg Jets jersey. Oh. You you would never do the Winnipeg jersey. I have. You? I have. A- at, at, at T-Mobile. At, at T-Mobile? Yes, I did. Okay. Inaugural season. Okay. Inaugural go. season. They, 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 what kind they, of looks did you they get? They didn't like me in the 225. Yeah. So uh, that was good, though. <laughs> they thought you were a traitor. I actually got a call from somebody. Like, is it true that you wore a Winnipeg jersey? I said, yes, I did. By okay. Knights underneath it. Now, you've seen the Golden Knights in Winnipeg as well. Yes. What you, would you wear? I wore Vegas Golden Knights jerseys every time. Every time? Every time. But, I mean, you do... You could you could get away with it there, you know, Winnipeg in Winnipeg. I, I explained to the crowd because I went to a first game. I said, "Hey, listen, I got my Jets jersey on, and now tomorrow I said, don't hate me, but I'm gonna wear my Knights jersey. See, I would, all okay. I would go alternating periods. That's what I would do. <laughs> that's, that's what I do. You go costume change. That's what you gotta do. I'm actually excited to see the uh, the Jets play uh, with, with uh, uh, Lowry as the coach. Yep. You know, uh, it's fresh off the uh, the release or the the, the uh, resignation of, of Paul Maurice. Right. So I'm excited to see uh, Dave Lowry get an opportunity. Uh, his son's on the team. Uh, I think he was a great player, and he's, he deserves this opportunity. So we'll see what he can do. All right. Uh, the Golden Knights are playing some very good hockey, uh, despite uh, hitting with COVID inj- uh, issues as well as injuries as well, too. But uh, playing some I'll good hockey. I'll tell you what right helped now. was that, 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 that change to the season. The five game, the five days. The break, they got, yeah. they got no, they got uh, Dodonov back, and they got Petrangelo back, and that's a big difference when you get two of your main players back that don't have to play, that don't have to sit. Uh, the only one that I could I could see from the uh, uh, Ducks that was out was Zegris. Otherwise, they were pretty full. You like matinee hockey, don't you? Listen, I, I, I walked out of matinee hockey, and I said, man, I love. I wish every game I could walk out and the sun was still out. Right. That's the best. <laughs> exactly. How was the crowd? It was great. Yeah. It was electric in there. Yeah. yeah. It was really, I mean, there was full crowd, and people where they give you those little sticks, and people were going nuts. And the, the Knights took it over early on in the game, so yeah. it, was, it was a fun crowd. A lot, a lot, And then, of course, the fights always make things uh, get a little interesting. You're not a stick guy, though, are you? You're not yeah. a thunder stick guy, are you? No, I took the stick. I did it during the pregame, and then I <laughs> stuffed it down. There. I was done with it. I left it there. That's why I get jealous of hockey. Like, yeah. you can fight, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you just sit in a box for two minutes. Yeah. When I played football, you can't. You get thrown out of the game. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Not only you get a fly, you get yeah. thrown out. You're yeah. down. When I when I when I played as a kid in Winnipeg, you know, you skate around. They they train you how to fight. Okay. That's part of the thing. And fighting on skates is a whole different ball game. Yeah. And you gotta have that free thing. And but that time they were pulling the jerseys over, and you don't have that anymore with the tie downs. Right. So totally That's different. True. Good stuff. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's time for our best bets. Uh, let's get to it. It's Football Friday, and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. All right, we'll give you our three best college bowl games, and uh, it's uh, down the stretch here, all right? Three college bowl games, and our three best NFL in the house with us today, Mike Pritchard, the former wide receiver. Love having him uh, on the show with us here. A longtime colleague here in Las Vegas as well, too, on the broadcasting side. So, uh, Double B, we'll let you start things off today. With our your three best college bowl games now, we do have a game tonight, obviously, the national uh, semifinal with Georgia and Michigan. That will be the Orange Bowl. We've got the Outback Bowl, Fiesta, Citrus Bowl, Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl. And don't forget, if you want to take us to Tuesday with the uh, Texas Bowl with K-State and LSU, that's on the board for you as well, my friend. So hit us. I'd say go Tigers, but no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go to that game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to stick with all games on Saturday, you know, traditional yes. Uh, New Year's Day games. So I, I really like the Penn State Nittany Lions. I think that the Big Ten has shown to be very strong in, in the uh, bowl season so far. I think that this is a big game for uh, their coach to, to get them going. And so I think it's a short line. I don't really think much of Arkansas. They were good at the beginning of the year, but then they tended to fade. So I'll lay the short number at two and a half with uh, Penn State. Uh, next, I, I love Utah. I love them. I love their workmanlike attitude. This is a, this is the biggest game in the history of Utah football, and Ohio State could care less. So uh, the numbers started, I think, at about six. Now it's down to four. I'll take the four points with Utah. 
Uh, lastly, I'm going to go with uh, your buddy Lane Kiffin. I'm going to take Mississippi. I think this is going to be an, an, an entertaining game uh, in the Sugar Bowl in New Orleans uh, on, on Saturday night, and I think they're just a little better. I think that uh, uh, Baylor is uh, just an, an average ball club that, that kind of squeaked by throughout, and uh, I don't think that uh, they can keep up with the offense of uh, Mississippi, who's going to score. 45 points or more. So I got only, only lay one. Baylor defense, I could care less about the Baylor defense. Okay, they're going to score 45. 45. So I don't think Baylor's going to score 43, so I'll lay the point in half. Okay, there you go. All right. All right, Pitch, what do you got, man? For college, we're sickly in college here. So um, I like uh, what BB was talking about. Utah, we talked about that earlier. I mean, um, I, I, Whittingham and what he's done with that program, a lot of people are going to wake up and realize what's going on out there in Salt Lake with that program Utah. They're going to play with passion and uh, Ohio State, too. I, I don't know if their heart's going to be in this uh, kind of a situation, even though even though Stroud is a young quarterback and, okay, if this is your first bowl game and then every other bowl game is going to be a, a college football playoff situation, which could be it for him, uh, that's going to be incredible. But uh, he's an incredible player, opt-outs all over the place, though. Uh, but I, I think Utah is going to bring that passion, and then the fans are going to travel sh- for sure as well. Now, Georgia, I've been on Georgia all year long to win a national championship. Uh, they showed me a lot that first game against uh, Clemson. I'm worried about Stetson Bennett, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if Michigan can dictate, uh, there's seven and a half points out there to grab. I, I think Georgia can win, but maybe uh, Michigan can get inside that number right there. So from a betting standpoint, uh, I could catch the seven and a half points right there. Uh, and, and then, you know, for my other college game, I like Oklahoma State. I do. Mm-hmm. I mean, Notre Dame is Notre Dame. They got a new coach. Uh, he's been energizing the program. I get that. Um, but Oklahoma State quietly in Stillwater put together something special this year. Now, they came up short in the Big 12 situation, but uh, I, I think they got some really pretty pretty good athletes out there. And, and I'm going to side with that. I'm going to catch the points there. Uh, what, one and a half here. Uh, so one and a half points uh, for Oklahoma State against Notre Dame. All right. Good stuff. Mike Pritchard coming with three of the bowl games here. Okay, uh, I'm going to talk about a, a lot of the games that you just hit on. And I'm going to agree with you on two of them, and okay. one, and one I'm going to go <laughs> the other side. So I will. I'm going to go with uh, tonight's other semifinal game. I like the Georgia Bulldogs uh, laying the seven and a half against uh, Michigan, much to uh, the chagrin of uh, Double B over there. I know he's, uh, he's shaking his head because, of course, he has family over at the big house, and he frequents the big house uh, uh, very often. Go blue. But, you know, I knew that was coming. But Georgia is still the team that we remember from early on, guys. Let's throw out the game against Alabama. Okay, Georgia got a reprise. They've got a chance to reset everything. And, again, don't think, uh, you know, it's a great matchup for Georgia against Alabama, but I think it's a dynamite matchup against the Michigan Wolverines. Uh, Remember, uh, this is still a top-rated defense. Uh, They have a huge offensive line as well, too. I do not see how Michigan is going to be able to run the ball, especially if they're going to try to run the ball in between the tackles uh, with uh, a a great defensive tackle or a couple defensive tackles in the front seven that the Georgia Bulldogs have. Michigan, I'm still not sold on against the upper echelon teams. Yes, they beat Ohio State, all right? But since losing to Michigan State back on October the 30th, who'd they beat? They beat Indiana... Penn State, Maryland, Iowa, and to me, that's not uh, impressive enough. Remember, this team was an afterthought. We never, after the Michigan State game, we had a college football playoff. Are you kidding me? Then they were up at the five. Then they got into two, and then they beat, you know, they beat Ohio State. It's like, okay, you know, we, we got to pay attention to this team here. But now against the Georgia team, a very physical, athletic Georgia team. We've seen Big Ten versus SEC matchups usually have not gone very well for the most part for the Big Ten teams. I think Georgia is a different beast. There's questions with Cade McNamara at the quarterback position. And like I said uh, yesterday, this guy has only thrown, like, like Mertz, only four games he's thrown for more than 200 yards. That's not going to get it done against a, 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 a Georgia team. He's going to have to throw the ball. They're not going to be able to rely on it. I think this game can go upside down. I think this could be a huge Georgia victory. Could actually be a blow. So I'm going a guy. There you go. Uh, Oak State, Notre Dame. I'm with Pritch all the way here. I, I love 
Um, Oak State, Scott Sprites are talked about it yesterday, too. There's some great betting trends in this game as well, too. The Oklahoma State defense, though, that's got it for me. The, uh, they've given up the third fewest points in all of college football, and they do it with both the run and the pass. They're tenth uh, against the uh, against the rush, or rather the pass, and fifth against uh, the rush. Notre Dame is not going to have their great running back, Kyrene Williams. He's opting out. Uh, look for quarterback Jack Cohn to struggle again. Coming over from Wisconsin, still not sold on Cone there. And Notre Dame hasn't faced a competitive team. Think about this. They haven't faced a competitive team since October the 2nd. And who is that? That was Cincinnati. After Cincinnati, they barely got by Virginia Tech, barely got by North Carolina, and then they drilled a bunch of, uh, you know, also rans. So I think great spot for Oklahoma State, like Gundy, like the defense. And uh, offensively, I think, you know, a lot of people aren't uh, thinking about Oklahoma State, but they can move the football too. I'm all about uh, Utah, yes. Uh, i got to get a Ute shirt so I can wear tomorrow to the game. Uh, We're not really getting the good value here, guys, because we should be getting more six or seven here with Ohio State. We're only getting four or four and a half, but I think Utah can actually win the game outright. This is a motivation game, plain and simple. We always talk about college bowl games. You know, who's the motivated team? It's definitely Utah for all the things that you guys have already mentioned and we talked about before. Uh, Ohio State has really turned into an individual program here in the last couple weeks. You know, guys opting out, you know, for their NFL draft and this and that. I just don't see a lot of team unity here, and Utah has that. So I think Utah's going to be ready to roll. But I want to throw this at you, too, because I love this stat. Did a little homework. You know Utah's won six in a row by wide margins. And in their victories this year, all right, they, they won by 23-11, beat USC by 16, beat ASU by 14, beat UCLA by 20, beat Stanford by by 45. Uh, they uh, uh, won by 9. Uh, I think they beat Colorado by 15. Sorry, Pritch. And they beat Oregon by 28. All right? And they beat Oregon, you know, drilled them twice. So uh, game means everything in Utah. Go Utes. There you go. Well, the, the Utes like to smack people in the mouth. I they like do. Yeah. yeah, I love that physical nature. Two words, though, for you. Stetson Bennett. <laughs> I don't care for him. Uh, JT no. Daniels. Yeah, well, I've worked cross-country, uh, you know. Uh, Those Michigan corners are pretty darn good. We'll yeah. see how it goes. The cross-country transfer. All right. Double B, what do you got in the NFL? Oh, hold on a second. The, you know, the NFL this week was, was tricky because, uh, you know, you got a lot of games that, that matter. Right, I mean, this this time of year, which was fantastic. So I played the games that I thought were were fun to play. That that I think that's going to make a big difference. I like Cincinnati. I think uh, that, that Joe Burrow is really shaping up to be a nice uh, quarterback. Uh, they're they're looking to, to solidify that division. Uh, KC is on fire. They're playing great ball. But I will take four and a half points with Cincinnati. Uh, lastly, I'm going to take what Pritchard said was a soft team last week. I don't. It's really just a bet against uh, uh, the Chargers. I, I don't like the Chargers. I don't like the Broncos, but I really don't like the Chargers. I think they're playing <laughs> horrific football right now. And so uh, you give me a, a team like Denver plus six and a half, I'm going to take them. Uh, lastly, uh, Pittsburgh's terrible. They're a bad football team. They are not a good football team. They're 7-7-1, and and they're lucky to be 7-7-1. and uh, I think Cleveland's the better team. I'll lay the three points at Pittsburgh right. on Monday night. Pritch, NFL Sunday or Monday? All right. I don't know if, B.B., I might have to slide my chair over because I'm going <laughs> against them. I'm playing against them. Uh, well, I'm going to start with Miami. I like Miami in this situation against the Titans catching three and a half. And here's why. Nobody's been able to figure out that Dolphins offense. It's simplistic. Uh, it's not dazzling. But nobody can figure it out. I watched Dennis Allen, who shut down Tom Brady, shut him out at yeah. home. Yeah. Struggle against that defense, yeah. uh, against that offense right. for Miami. I, they're, they're not exciting, right? But uh, until you figure it out, it's, it's working for them. Uh, Waddle is a wild card because they use him in so many different ways. Uh, and it breaks down the defense. So I, I like the three and a half points because I think Miami's defense can match up to what the Titans can do offensively. Uh, and then Pittsburgh. Now, Big Ben, I'm not going to buy into the hype of Big Ben last game, right. um, retire and all that. It's, it's, they've been disconnected all year. They really have. But so have the Browns. <laughs> yes, they I have. mean, the Browns are a mess. Baker's wife is getting death threats. <laughs> if that's not going to be on his mind, then, then he's not human, right? Wait, so, wait, people don't like his commercials? Uh, I don't know. Apparently not. I don't know. <laughs> There's something going on. But that, you, I, I think when you're looking at both teams disconnected, 
uh, at least one's got a Hall of Fame quarterback, and, and, <laughs> and maybe they can put together enough and have enough passion in this game to catch, uh, you know, the point situations right there. And you're looking at, what was that, three and a half, or is it four now? Three and a half. Three and a half. Three. I, yeah. I, I laid three this okay. morning, TC. Yeah, three? because there you go. <laughs> depending you're, you're on three, you're getting three. You're getting field yes. goal. Well, so yeah, because depending on when you get the number here, let me make sure I got the number that I want. That yeah, three and a half. Okay. Uh, and then. If you look at, are you guys allowed to do, do teasers on your show? Uh, not, for, not for these best bets, but, but <laughs> as soon as the show is over, TC follow me right to the right. Of course, teaser. I can't do a teaser there's on your not, best bet. There's never been a teaser that TC didn't like. Oh, not man. one. Come on, never I can't do a teaser. Super okay. teaser. He even go. Ahead. <laughs> That's it. I love that. Well, if I can't do a teaser, then see that just threw me off because I was going to certainly look at one play that I think is the best bet. Chris, you got but, 16 games to choose from. <laughs> you know what? Give me one more. I'll lay it on the Cowboys though. Okay, because the Cowboys have put it together. They're within reach of getting that home field advantage by being the number one seed. They're within reach of that. I know the COVID news on, on the Vikings, the situation looks better for the Packers for sure. But uh, the way that the Cowboys are playing, the way that the Cardinals have been playing lately, out of sync, uh, I think they have some issues right there. I can lay, lay the wood right there. Six points, I believe, yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Uh, for the Cowboys. Okay. I like it. And, and remember, I mean, anyone's ever going to let you get a teaser, and it's going to be me. No <laughs> doubt about it. And you can give out a teaser. If, if, if there's a teaser you like, you know, see yeah. somebody. Yeah. You, know, you can give it out, no doubt. But but on the website, uh, no All teaser. Right. We'll, All we'll right. There you go. All right. Uh, let's go to the NFL here. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to that dreaded Washington football team. You love them? Uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> they make me sick. But anyway, no, I think they keep this game playing. Kind of like you with with the Chargers and the Broncos. Philly, I'm not crazy about. I love Jalen Hurts. You know how I feel about Jalen Hurts. But this is a game where Philly's favored by four, four and a half. Depends on on where you get it. But I will take Washington at home in this situation. They're barely still alive, but they are alive, and they are going to be more healthy this week than they have been in several weeks. And, uh, you know, we, we saw what this team did against the Raiders, and we've seen what they've done against other teams. And uh, I think at home they are going to show up, and I do like Ron Rivera as a coach. They are going to be a little bit more healthy. And, again, this is more of a play just not buying Philly as more than a field goal favorite. So I will take Washington. Tennessee and Miami, I'm going to go against Pritch in this one. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Miami just doesn't do it for me for the, what you just said, Pritch, uh, the offense. It's not sexy. It's uh, it, it's it, there's there's nothing elaborate about it. And, again, it's like they will not take the training wheels off of Tua. You know, which is, I'm not, as you guys know, I'm not a, a, a Tua fan here. Oh, really? But, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you. So I'm a Jalen fan, but not, but not a Tua fan. I'm going back to Alabama. But anyway, I, I think Tennessee got it right last week. Uh, they're ready for the stretch run here. Uh, they're giving up three and a half against Miami. The seven-game win streak has got to come at some point in time. And let's be honest, Miami really hasn't beaten any top-tier teams during this run. Uh, for the most part, I stayed at three and a half all week, though. Yep, yep. I'm taking, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm taking Tennessee, and I'm gonna lay it at home, and I'm gonna lay the seven with the Colts. I know it's it's crazy because we don't exactly know we're gonna play, but of all of the COVID situations here with both teams, I think if there's gonna be people sitting out, it's going to hurt the Raiders more, especially that linebacking court. When you're missing, you know, six linebackers, and even, you know, if you're going to be missing two or three, I think it hit that linebacking room. And as you know better than anybody, Pritch, you got to be on the field in these meaningful games, and you've got to practice. You just can't do it in Zooms. And, uh, you know, the Colts, they've been decimated with injuries, and they overcome. Look what they did last week with that offensive line. No offensive line whatsoever. And, and you talk about a sad story in Utah on the college side with Ryan Kelly losing his daughter uh, this team is really playing well together, and they are at home. Uh, they're a strong unit. Whether Carson Wentz plays or not, I, I don't think it matters. You still got Jonathan Taylor, and you got the, a very strong defense in the Colts. I know the line's a little inflated now, but I think this is where the bubble bursts for the Raiders. I hate to say it, but I think I think this is it. And uh, this is the game that we had circle on the calendar. Well, the Raiders probably won't win this one, but they're going to need to win those other games. And then, of course, you know, next week with the Chargers, who knows what. But I just don't think it's a good spot uh, for the Raiders. Uh, so I will take the Colts. All right. So, so what do you guys do with COVID, though? Because, like, you like the Broncos, right, BB? Yeah. And so I saw this from a guy who covers the Broncos, pretty intimate with the Broncos. Uh, the COVID bug continuing to bite the Broncos right now. This is from today. Uh, text from one person in the building, everybody's getting COVID. 
they don't know if they're going to have a roster. <laughs> yeah, I mean a competitive it, roster. It's, it's it's such a fluid situation. Yeah, yeah. It, the, the, nobody can escape it. Not, yeah, not not in this country right now. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah, and so that's happening with the Broncos. That's why if you allowed me to do a teaser, you can you can give it out. <laughs> give it out to everybody, ladies and gentlemen. There, here is Mike Pritchard's teaser. Go to the window with it. Sure. Go. Oh, I, Go. I, I think I put it in. I what mean, do you got? There's a the Chargers. Well, seriously, the Chargers. You can get them down to um, a point and a half here. Uh, with the Cowboys, Correct. pretty much a pick. There you go. Yeah, when, when I handicapped at Pritch, I basically just said everybody's got COVID. Yeah. So I, I, I just uh, decided I was going to play the team that I thought that could play better. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if a whole thing like the offensive yeah. line or defensive line or yeah. something happened, I mean, if, if, if like the running backs happen, it's not as big a deal as something like that. Sure. So it's just, it's just a really unfortunate situation hit this late in the season. But, you know, you got to play through it, right? I mean, uh, at least in, 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 in hockey, they've gone back to the taxi squad, you know, so they got people ready to go and ready to step in. Yeah. And uh, I think it was smart uh, for all the leagues to go to the five-day uh, rule because they, they had to. Right. Otherwise, there'd be nobody to play, and people want to see the, the right players out there. Yeah. And look at Trevor over here. Fresh from here, and he's got a, he's got Olivia here back from Louisiana ready to go. <laughs> there it is. Uh, back to the Bronco Charger game, though. I think this is more of an anti-play against Drew Locke, and, you know, we – we don't we don't like Drew Locke, but it, it, the, the Chargers scares me because of of the injuries. I mean, without what Keenan Allen and then and, and also Williams. Uh, you know Eckler yeah, as well too. That, yeah. that that that's a little bit scary. So I look at that game. And I just I'm going to X that game. But I'm with you. I'm, I'm like leaning towards the Chargers. Think the Chargers are the better team. But I mean they've been so uneven all season, especially the last four or five weeks. Yeah, you know, and Fangio they're not going to extend him. Uh, he's coming up against that whole yeah. one year situation. And he thinks he's lobbying for one more year, one more chance, even without an extension. Uh, so as players in that locker room, I, I mean, there's going to be a lot of guys that are not going to be back with that team either. So uh, the defense was the strength all year, and that's Fangio's baby. Uh, and with his situation up in the air, if the Broncos were willing to lay down against the Raiders in a playoff situation, uh, what are they going to do with COVID and the situation with the head coach? I mean, I, I just don't know where they're going to get the juice from for this game. Right. Yeah, there, there's really nothing I like about the Charger team other than the quarterback right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they just they're just they have no identity. They have very little fan base there, and they're playing as a tenant in L.A. It's just there's just yeah. the team seems to be floating and lost as far as I'm concerned. So uh, to me, the way they played last week was pathetic. The Broncos, heck, stick around. Maybe they could get within three points again. Who knows? Right. Or four points. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough spot. To me, it was, like I said, a dead bet against the Broncos. I mean, against the, the uh, Chargers. Nothing to do with, yeah. the, with the Broncos at all. You got it. All right. Uh, also, Kirk Cousins out for the Vikings. That oh. line has jumped up now. Oh, uh, the man. Packers. What happened to Cousins? Up to, up to 12. COVID. He's a... Yep. Yeah, he's, he's another, a big, he, another unvaccinated he, guy. He, he, he's a non-believer, too. He says COVID doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, that's a crazy guy. All right, guys. <laughs> uh, New Year's Eve. Next time we convene, it'll be 2022. Pritch, appreciate you as always, my friend. Appreciate you, great, TC. Great, uh, great happy stuff. New Year. Absolutely. Uh, good health. Good fortune, man. You got I'll be, th- I'll be thinking about both of you guys because you guys are Rose Bowl connoisseurs. And <laughs> while I'm there tomorrow, I'll be thinking about you, especially, you know, Double B's there all the time, too. I know Pritch has been there. I want to thank Numchuck back in the studio, uh, the G-Man, Gilby. Thank you very much, my man, for so many things, setting everything up. And the Rose Bowl tickets, the G-Man comes through, and especially that first segment, rock solid today, brother. Appreciate you. If you miss any part of the show, go to the website at tcbartshow.com. Cosmopolitan Las Vegas, it's hopping here all weekend. Look at this wonderful crowd here. Yeah. I mean, really, I, I, I appreciate the crowd to come out. Uh, very difficult time on everybody, and everybody have a safe and yeah. happy new year. Yeah. And go blue. There you go. All right. <laughs> uh, enjoy the college football bowl games tonight, tomorrow, NFL on Sunday. We reconvene Monday at 2 o'clock. T.C. Martin saying so long, 2021.